0: Creating something in your image, passionately caring for it, seeing it struggle, willing to die for it so that it can live. That, that says, says a lot, doesn't it? That's what our Savior has done for us. He loves us that much. Amen. Amen. I was going to take a moment. I think I will... Probably wait. I know that we have a lot who are traveling, but I want to take a, a moment. I think I'll, I'll go ahead and at least mention names and stand where they are. I, I want to, a lot of times we've had shifting go on. How many know that the, uh, as Jennifer calls it, the uh, Corona apocalypse kind of shifted some of us, and uh, and so we've had some shifting go on uh, with, within, and and I just want to make sure that everyone uh, knows uh, knows who our leaders are and and want to you know recognize them. There, and there's precedent for this because the Word of God tells us, you know, it says uh, in verse twelve of First Thessalonians chapter five says, "Be, but be, but we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and. And give you instruction and and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We urge you, brethren, admonish uh, the unruly and encourage the faint hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. So, that said, I just want to. If if you're here, I know, like I said, we have several who are taking these last few weekends, and they are uh, traveling, um, but I want to just acknowledge them. Um, I know that Sean Dillinger is out this this morning. He has uh, let me know. Uh, He is our head usher, but I wanted to recognize Sean Dillinger. Um, Jamie Sanders. I don't think the Sanders are here this weekend either. Um, Sally is out and about. Sally is our, Sally is out and about right here guarding my back. Sally usually wears something big, flashy and red, you know what I'm saying? But Sally, stand up where you are, there you go. Sally is our security coordinator, appreciate her. She's doing such a good job, she even called the police on us today. And uh, she has coordinated us with the Blunt County Sheriff's Department to have someone on um, on grounds during services. And we're so thankful that she is coordinating that area. We appreciate her. Um, student ministries is Billy and Paige and children. Thankful for them and, and for their faithful stepping in. Children's ministry is Susan Fiala. And I know that she is... Buried in children's ministry this morning in the in the children's church. Yep, yep. Kathy Hunt. Um, she's probably waiting for you right now, but she is monitoring our online uh, our online service, and so she's the one. If you happen to be at home and are watching online, uh, she is there uh, answering questions and making sure everything's going well. So, um, so thank you, Miss Kathy. I know you're listening. Megan Spiller, you know, who just led us in worship. We appreciate her and what she's doing. We thank you. In media, we have Josh Shrove. He is the all-around techie guy. He handles, not only does he handle uh, media, but he also handles all the tech around the church, and we appreciate what he does. And So thank you, Mr. Josh. We have Manna Outreach Ministries, and that is Gary and Pam Stott. We really thank you guys. Woo-hoo! Also, uh, in CR, we have David and Jennifer Russell, and we appreciate what they do. I know that they, are, uh, they have work, work schedules lately where they're having to work on Sundays, but they're trying to get that figured out. But we appreciate what they do for CR. Men's ministry is Randy Heflin, and we thank Randy for what he does for men's ministries, and God bless him. Women's ministry is this beautiful, gorgeous, uh, this wonderful lady sitting in the front row, Miss Kim Dyer. She's not even the better half; she's the best half of this of this tandem, and we I'm so thankful for her. Our care team is led by Paulette. Um, And we appreciate Paulette York, and she has a great team with her as well. Thank you, Paulette. Our maintenance team is, is Vic York and Hal Watson. We thank them too. And who puts all these lines in the carpet and keeps this place clean is Lonnie Fiala, and we appreciate Mr. Lonnie. Our council is is Ronnie Everett, Cecil Walker, Mark Mosier, G.T. York, and Billy Fincham, and we appreciate all those guys for their wisdom and guidance. Somebody that doesn't like to be recognized but uh, is uh, is a behind-the-scenes guy, but he handles all of making sure the bills are paid, making sure all of our finances are appropriate. Uh, some, some of you may not know, but I don't... I don't look at the finances. I don't look at what people give. Some people say you should. And I, don't make that a, uh, I don't make that a something I do. I look at the numbers each week to figure out uh, can we pay the bills. But this guy always makes sure we're paying the bills. and does a great job of handling finances. And I am super thankful for Steve Payne. Amen. Amen. Our OCC coordinator, Lydia Harmon, we appreciate you. Yeah. Our small groups coordinator is Justin Ford, and I know that they're in Missouri. I mean, they're in uh, Missouri, um, so we appreciate them. Our events coordinator is Miss Connie York. Appreciate Miss Connie. And if I have missed someone, I apologize greatly. I tried to um, go down the list and make sure that I... I really appreciate all these guys and what they do. Um, without them, you know, we would not be functioning. You know, and so I appreciate all you do. And, and guys, if you're not on one of these people's teams and you'd like to be, we would really love everyone to find a place to participate, be a part, get connected. Uh, we we need you. Amen. Some of you leaders has a great time to say amen. Amen. We need all of you guys. And we appreciate you very much. Praise, Praise the Lord. If you, you have you your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 17. 17. Pull out my spectacles. John, John chapter 17. 17. Am I on here? Is it on? One, two, testing. 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 One, two, one, two, one, two. One, two. Yeah, there we go. I hear you. got to get my hands free. Look, Mom, no hands. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to start with, um, I'm going to start with verse 13. It says, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world so that they may Have my joy made full in them. I've given them your word. And the the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world. But to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself that they may that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on my behalf of these alone. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through the world. Through the word. <clears throat> Verse 21. That they, may all, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Come on. Can I go on and read just a couple more verses? Verse 22 says, "The glory which you gave which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity." So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I pray that, Lord, you will help us to identify the necessity of connectivity, the necessity of relationship, the necessity of community. God, help us to grasp hold of The truth of your word. And Lord, be willing to adjust what needs to be adjusted in order to make the necessary changes to connect to the body of Christ. Lord, we we need each other just as we need you. And Lord, I pray that as we recognize these specific needs within our body. God, that, that we are able to even reach further into our community as they see the unity and community in us. God, we honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a, a wonderful book that was written by John Burke. It's called No Perfect People Allowed. And uh, it's an it's it's interesting, interesting book, and I think that that would identify most of us. There's nobody perfect in here, are we? And uh, it helped us to realize that uh, you, you'll hear a few things from that book in this in this message this morning, but you know have you ever wondered why sitcoms seem to have such a powerful impact on culture? Some of you have your favorite sitcoms. some of you wouldn't admit it if i if I asked you, huh <laughs> uh, I mean, why do we love them so much? Why do we continue watching the reruns, even, even though we can probably quote the, the, the main character because we've seen it so much, right? I mean, I think it's because every great sitcom has one thing in common, and that is a strong sense of community. It doesn't – I'm taking this glasses off so I can not see um, – <laughs> It doesn't really matter which sitcom that you have watched or you have called your favorite one—the one that you uh, grew up on, whether it be Friends, you know, uh, whether it be uh, Seinfeld, Home Improvement, that '70s show, The King of Queens, or uh, maybe even in a unique sense, NCIS has a sense of community, right? And, and so, so many of us have probably have looked at those. Shows and watched them and could quote them and have seen every uh, every uh, season and all of the episodes in between of our favorite ones, right? Um, but when you look at every show, these imaginary characters have a place where they belong. They have a sense of community. They uh, that, that, that they're loved and accepted in that manner, no matter how. Uh, crazy or wacky or unique the individuals are they seem to to just blend in it's it's it is that same i believe that same innate desire within us for love and acceptance that each of us have this drive to want to be a part of of a community right how many would admit that they like to be a part of community yeah we do we we enjoy that think about it we we search for community in all kinds of things. We search for community in uh, social groups, right? In service clubs and chat rooms and sports teams and, and community centers and book clubs and support groups and of every kind and, and of every description. And we find community in those places. We find like-minded people to connect with. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of Those types of communities accept the fact that they've never been able to satisfy the very deep longing for the unconditional love that is necessary, right? For the unconditional love and acceptance that only God can bring. You see, that that kind of community is found in only one place. And that is in a fully functioning church. There's key words there. In a fully functioning church. And I believe that is where sometimes the dilemma is within church while the world is searching for something. That only the church can provide. The church seems sometimes clueless about the power and the life-changing potential of biblical community. Amen? The necessity of that and what that does for us. We've somehow forgotten that community is what makes the church healthy. Community is what makes the church growing and distinctive and vibrant for the kingdom of God. Community is what allows the world to see that we are together on the same page under one head, right? Following the vision of God so that the world has something to be attracted to. Amen. Amen. If we're not completely convinced that we need that kind of community, then our church will never... Be able to re- have and offer real community to those who are looking for it. That's why I want us to kind of look this morning at this passage and, and and look at the importance of community. The reason why we should have community, and I believe the very first one is we all need it. Right? We need to have community. There's a, there's a practical reason. Uh, a, a, a practical necessity in every life to have a sense of belonging to a group that 's bigger than themselves that 's more important than themselves someone in, someone once said there 's no better way to dismantle a personality than to isolate it right in other words, being alone causes all kinds of personal problems. I think, I think we can. Uh, Look over the last year And recognize that being alone Causes a lot of problems Right I mean There's a reason why In the beginning It was often quoted And God saw that it was good Right I mean he made the heavens and earth And God saw that it was good He made the birds and Reptiles and God saw that it was good. He made man and said it was good, but he said there was something missing, right? He went on and said it's not good for man to be alone because God knew from the very beginning it was not good. There's an innate desire in us. There's something in us that needs, needs community, and God made woe man. Amen. Look, the fact is, is we don't do life very well by ourselves. Medea says it this way, I can do bad all by myself. Right? I mean, it seems like even the prison authorities understand what isolation does to someone. Because they they reserve solitary confinement for the worst cases, right? Because they understand... It is not a good place in solitary confinement, right? Prisoners hate it. They don't want to be in solitary confinement. Studies show that the effects of isolation can be horrendous in extended periods of solitary uh, confinement. It causes depression. It causes despair. It causes anxiety and rage and claustrophobia. It causes hallucinations and impaired visions and loss of hearing and ringing of ears and weakening of the immune system. So now I'm just about to know some of you guys. <laughs> Prisoners of war know what solitary confinement looks like. They know the, the harshness of what that is. Even... That kind of environment can cause even the strongest man or woman to break under the pressure, to lose all hope and perhaps, perhaps even die. Now why is that? Because God has created us for community. He's created us to be with each other. He's created us with a need for for interaction He's created us with a need for physical, spiritual, social, and emotionally for that kind of interaction. I remember in Cleveland, Tennessee, back in the 1900s. (laughs) Doesn't that seem like so far along ago now?
1: There was a a bank
0: on the corner, right in front of the old Blockbuster video. And I remember remember it was was the the bank bank that I banked at. And they They transitioned to video video tellers. That That drove me crazy. I would pull up. You remember what I'm talking about, Will. I would pull up. And and the the video video would come up. And I'm like, I just want to see somebody. I don't want to see a TV. TV. I want to, you know, see See somebody somebody real, real, right there. And, and now, now people, people are dating, are dating through television. television. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean now it's, it's like, "Hey, my best friend lives in, in Wyoming. Wyoming." What? You ever met him? Yeah, I talk to him every night. We, we play, play games together. We, we need interaction, action, right? right? I, I mean, mean, one author wrote a book called A Generation Alone. And he talked about young people and how that how that the effects of of life are now causing uh, signs of post traumatic stress syndrome. And and just the aloneness and, and the the abuses and the as page so Put it this a little a few moments ago. I mean, the isolation due to divorce and psychological and sexual abuse as children, and rape, and exposure to to consistent violent media and sexual exploitation has caused even young people to exhibit this PTSD. and and. I pray for teachers because, you know, can you imagine having a room of 20 to 30 young people who are struggling with PTSD sitting in your classroom and you're having to try to manage a classroom with all of the emotions and struggles that they face? Yes. The community found in the church is the only hope this generation has against abandonment. Amen? That's all right. I mean, look, the fact is that some of us in this room has faced abandonment. We have experienced, you know, divorce from parents. We've experienced uh, abandonment from teachers where teachers have been, uh, the authority been taken away from teachers and they no longer are able to uh, have control of their classrooms. And we feel abandoned by that. There's all kinds of things that we feel abandoned from. There's, the fact is that some people feel abandoned from the church. They, they, come come they, they, like their, they come in and they feel like they come in, they feel whether like they're being judged, judged, right? Or they feel like they're not good enough, and they, they feel abandoned by the church. God help, help us, us right? God, help us to be a community that embraces and cares for and loves and values every single person. Not just what they can do for us, but we value them as the people of God who got created and they're personally uh, developed and trained and equipped by God. We love every single one. Too many times we're looking at the people who come in and we're saying, what's wrong with you, right? And it's really not the right question. Because the question is, what's happened to you? Because there's a whole lot of people who have had things happen to them that they have never asked for. They never wanted to be in that position. They never wanted to experience that kind of pain. They never wanted to experience that kind of trauma. But life happened, and they can't help the feelings that they have. And they're looking for a safe haven, a place where they can come into, be embraced, be accepted, and be loved and be cared for to say, Will you love me where I am? But love me enough to walk me on a journey to something better. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the sitcoms that, that I used to watch was Cheers. Ain't nobody, I don't see any head shaking. They're like, they're like I ain't shaking my head, Pastor. <laughs> There's nobody going to know that I watched that show. Thank, Thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> but you know, the, 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 the idea was they come in and, and they sit around a the bar, they have relationships in that room, uh, they were accepted. But you know, the real genius of the show is the truth that is found in the very song, its, it's tagline. I want to find a place where everybody knows. Now, I'm not being condemning, but I would ask you, do you know everybody's name in here right now? Let's move on. But isn't it true, though, right? What do we do? How do we we get to that place? I mean... Of community. Because really that community, I mean, Cheers was a bar scene, but that community, that place where we find identity should be and could be the church. Amen? It is the place where we can truly bear one another's burdens, It's the place where we can open our heart and we can be open about our woundedness and not worry about if somebody's going to judge us for our woundedness, but love them compassionately and care for them to say, you know what? I was once like that. Come on. Look, if we get too religious, we can't help other people. Right? We got to get. We have to remember where we came from. Not that we dwell in our past. Not that we uh, uh, meddle in in all the brokenness of our past. But we know where we came from, and because we we know the grace of God, the power of God to deliver us, we can also share that same grace, that same power, that same anointing that changed us. We can say, "Look, I was where you were. Look, I may not have had the same problem you had, but look, I was just as bad in another area, and I know God changed me. And if God can change me, He can change you. I'm here." to to embrace you. I'm not here to look down on you. I'm here to look up and say, Lord, help me and my friend. Amen. 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 I mean, the world's looking for this kind of place because it's in the DNA of who we are. We are community people. Somebody said it's the community gene, right? And we have a gene in us that requires and desires community and connectivity. and It's amazing to me because you see the cultural shifts in a lot of churches. We, we find, you can look, Google, most churches now they have, whether it be belong, right, as their theme, or together, or connectivity, or connected. All these are taglines that, that many churches, many growing churches are using today because uh, they, they understand, understand the, the importance, importance of getting connected. They understand the importance, importance of belonging because the world is looking for a place to belong. And but I believe that Amcock can be a place for people to belong. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's all right. Thank, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, look, being made in God's image doesn't mean that we physically look like God, but rather... That we've been stamped with the likeness of God. It's an eternal likeness of God. I believe it's kind of a triune thing, right? He said, Father, let them be in us, right? So it's an eternal connectivity. It's a triune connectivity. We see as, as, as a Christian church, we believe in, that there's a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? All together in one. And, and we, as the body of Christ, are connected into the triune God. And we have that that the world doesn't have. The world doesn't have that. They They can can listen listen to you, they They can sympathize with you, but we have something that will fill the spiritual hole that's in their life, that will bring transformation in their life, that will change them from the innermost being so that they have life and peace and have hope in Jesus Christ. We have that answer. The world doesn't have it. We bear the image of Christ Jesus and we need the world to be connected. We need them to know that here we are as the body of Christ with the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. The message of unity has to flow from this place out. Amen. All right, I'm hurrying. That's just point one. Community is important because not only is it is it what God wants us to have so that the world can have a place to live? But community is important because it is God's will for our life. It is God's will for us to be in community connectivity. I mean, look, Jesus could have prayed anything. This is Jesus' last night. John 17. I mean, if he he had any words to say to his disciples, this is that moment where you want to pour your heart out. Somebody on their deathbed or knowing that their passing moments are just about to arrive, they want to get it all out, right? They want to tell what, what it is that everybody needs to hear. And this is the prayer that Jesus has in that moment. He begins, he begins to, to, pray. to pray. This is the, this is the glimpse, glimpse of, the of the Son of God. God. Uh, Jesus was about to be arrested and crucified. Here's what he has to say. He wants them to understand community. He, he said, said, I, I am praying. This is in the NLT. It says, I, pr- I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will, who will ever believe in me because of their testimony. My prayer for all of all of them is that they will, they will be one just As you and I are one. Father just as you are in me. And I am in you. So so they will be in us. And the world will believe you have sent me. What a prayer. Jesus knew that his crucifixion would probably scatter his disciples. He knew that what was about to happen would probably cause them to tuck their tail and run. And Jesus wanted them to understand that that this unity is much deeper than than what they had experienced. This is something that they would have to uh, flow through and flow in if they wanted to impact the world. It was the supernatural power of oneness that allowed them to be the vessels of honor that God used. It was the oneness that allowed them to sit in an upper room. And be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Because they were all together in one accord. And it is there that the commanded blessings begin to flow. When we are in unity and in walking in one mind and one accord. It is there that the Spirit of God can fall and flow afresh again. Even in this day in this hour. Amen. Amen. Jesus is not praying for just some ordinary community. I mean, look, I I'm a sports fan. I won't. I mean, and I appreciate. I appreciate sports fans. I love to see them dressing up and and their excitement for their sport for their game. I love sitting on the the sidelines in the the soccer field yelling at kids, telling them what to do, as as if I I know. know. (laughs) I love it. I mean, I love the environment. But that doesn't fill the hole that, that we have for God. We might can have camaraderie. We might can talk about statistics and stats. We can talk about who's the best player and what skills they have. We can Look through generations and talk about which was the best Tennessee player in the world. But the reality is is that everybody needs Jesus. All of the sports in the world will not fill the void. Matter of fact, the multi-billion dollars that is spent on sports is sadly mistaken for community. We need to be together. We need camaraderie. We need those things. But more than anything, it begins much earlier than John chapter 17. It begins in John 13, 14, and 15. It begins in personal relationship with God. It begins with transformation, allowing God to change our life. We need we need, we need relationship, relationship with the Lord, Lord because we, we can come, come into here, here. And if and we, we have, have not been transformed, world. it just becomes another country club. Right. Right. I mean, we know the song, I'm a member of a country club. Right? <laughs> Somebody, Somebody says, knows that song. <laughs> I know what y'all, y'all listening, listening to. to. I, mean, I mean, is that what we want? Or do we want something that truly is transformative, that when people come to this place, that they know that they can find a message of hope, a message of life, that there's a people that are in this place that are anointed by the power of God, that are willing to say, you know what, I'll move past what you brought in, and I'm going to lay hands on you because I believe that God has something awesome for you. I believe God has something powerful for you. And the, and the fact is, is that when they come, they may not look like us, smell like us, act like us. They might not have all the, 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 the eyes dotted and the T's crossed. They might not have all that together. But are we willing to love them where they are and accept them where they are? Are we willing to embrace them when they come and say, you know what, this is a community where people can come and are accepted and loved and cared for and we're willing to walk with you. And, and, and this is the book that guides our walk. And, and, and look, we want to teach you. We want to show you that there is a, a way that will set you free. There's a way that you don't have to walk around depressed and discouraged. Broken, busted, and disgusted. There's a place, there's a word that we can give you that will lift you out of your miry clay. That will put you on a solid foundation. It will put you in the right trajectory. It will open doors for you. It will bring life into your home. It will bring life into your family. It will bring life into your children. I want to give you something. Look, you may not understand it at first. You may not have all of this to grasp. But I'm here to tell you, I'm willing to hold your hand and walk with you on a journey to see your life transformed by God. That's what it has to be, that's who we are. I mean, how many people are afraid to come to church because they're afraid that the church won't accept them where they are? How many people are afraid to come into a church because uh, the Southern you know, uh, culture of church and religi- religiosity has kept them from reaching the doors because they're afraid of, of what they look like. They might have purple hair. We love you, Dixie. (laughs) Woo! But recognizing that everyone is different. Everyone has different ideas. Everyone has different mentalities. Everybody has different cultures of church that they were raised in. How many many of you are raised raised in the Assembly of God God church? Church? right, raise your hands. Assembly of God. How many of you are raised in the Baptist Church? Church? How many are raised in the Church of God? How How many are raised in something other than those I mentioned? Presbyterian. Catholic. So we all have different backgrounds backgrounds of what we were accustomed to. to. Not everybody was sung out of the redback hymnal growing up. Believe that or not. <laughs> Poor, Poor things, days. you know? I mean, I mean, not everybody was ready. I mean, a look, in, in, the in the next generation, generation after the hymn back, hymnals, red back hymnals, was when we he started heard. doing the, the songs on the wall, right? We used to you hear, hear the people, I can't believe I can't you're doing songs on the wall. And there were choruses. And I get it, some of them had no depth at all and we would sing them till Jesus comes. I mean, we would sing, sing people in the trances trying to get, get them to shout or something. i dance like David, dance. I mean, we, we had all kinds. And that now was a generation, generation right? right? I, I love, love the music now because I believe, I believe it has more depth. depth. I believe I mean, it's, it's uh, hymn based. based. Have verses and you know very uh, God-oriented, love it. But all of that is different culture, and yet we allow the culture of where we were raised and how we grew up. We allow that to affect the culture within our church, and and we don't realize that. Look, all of those are cultural issues, and we have to recognize that the only culture that is predominant is the culture that Jesus wants us to have, and that is of community. Amen. Amen. To love one another. To love God and love people, right? To encourage one another. And we, we do that. We, we try to encourage and love and meet every cultural need that we have in the church. But as the body of Christ, we have to come together because the world needs to see not only the culture of the church being together so that they can come and be apart, but we need it so that we can grow and be connected to one another. Look, you can have 200 people here. I don't know how many people is here right now, but... But But, look, it's it's hard to have community with 200 people in one room, right? That's That's why why we started small groups, and some of those uh, did very well this summer, and some of those ended, and we're we're looking looking at starting our our fall courses. and, And I hope and pray that you will find a place to get connected. If you've never joined a small group, look, I encourage you, join a small group. It is in that element, look. If, I don't know how many people in here, your giftings. I don't know all your spiritual gifts, but look, we had someone give a message in tongues this morning. What if 20 people in this church had the, had the gift of giving a message in tongues? It would be difficult to do that in one service, right? What if we had 30 people who had the, the, the gift of interpretation? It can't be done in one service. But every single one of you has a gift from God to be used for the kingdom of God. And where that can be developed and where that can be used most effectively is in small groups. Amen? And look, I understand that we're going to have to uh, do better about putting small groups at different times because people work different shifts and different schedules and all that stuff. But we need community. Amen. I'm, I'm closing. No better hurry <laughs> up. Community is important, is important because of what it offers. And, 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 and I, I could list, list over and over all the benefits of the community. community. And I, I can, can show, show all those different benefits, benefits but, but you know, you just know, a few of them. It's strength for those times when life gets like messy. messy. Right? I mean, look, I know that right now your, your marriage is probably rocking, your life is going great, and uh, everything's hunky dory, and woo! Thank you, Jesus. Woo! we good. But there's a promise. In this world, you will have trials and tribulation. There's going to be messy times. Life's not always pretty. And community helps embrace you in your messy times. Community is where the word of God says love covers a multitude of sins. It's a place where we say, you know what, man? I see your struggle, and I'm here to embrace you. Well, there's a whole lot of religious cultures that shoot that are wounded. We kick them while they're down. I don't believe that's here. But it has been a a common thing, and... Some religious environments, when, when people, people are struggling, we just abandon them in the struggle. Instead of embracing of them and saying, you know what, we're here to help you. And sometimes because of the people have been abandoned in their struggle before, they're afraid to even mention they're struggling anymore. They're afraid to tell anybody. If I tell somebody, what will they think about me? How many of you have ever said that? They'll think think I'm crazy. They'll think think I'm just giving up. They think think I've lost lost my mind. No. Because we all have trials and tribulations that that we face. We all have struggles that that we come up against. So community, when we are connected and together, we can share. We can be real with one another and say, you know what? This happened and. And hurt. And I love you enough and I want to have a relationship with you enough that I want to work things out. I don't want to carry this. Let me tell you something. You carry hurt long enough, it becomes bitterness. I don't want to be bitter. I want to be better. The enemy is the one who brings division and distraction. And if the enemy can use one word you said or one Moment that you've had a bad hair day to cause turmoil in everybody else? He'll do it. But are we willing to look past someone's bad hair day? Are we willing to look past somebody's momentary insanity and to say, "What you know what? My relationship with him is stronger than that moment. I know them well enough to know that they love God and I love God. So let's work this thing out. Look, community is where we can find strength in times of getting messy. Community is where we can find wisdom. I mean, something as simple as buying a tractor, right? Or something as deep as knowing, am I truly following God's will? Find wisdom in community. We find acceptance in spite of my failures. We find encouragement to grow spiritually. I want you. I want us. Maybe you haven't found that community within. But I want us to to make an effort to get to know the people that are sitting in chairs around us. I want to, look, I know it might be petty, it might be silly to 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 think think of cheers cheers as everybody everybody knows my name a place where everybody knows my name but wouldn't that be nice to be in a place where everybody knows your name wouldn't that be nice to know everybody's name it's important and i'm willing to do whatever it takes if we have to have meet and greets if we have to wear name tags one sunday Whatever it takes, I want us to get to know one another. I want us to do life together. I want us to share in each other's experiences. I want us to know when, you know, not not that we dwell in somebody's hurt, but I want us to know when somebody's hurting. Because you can't help somebody if you don't know it. I want to recognize when somebody's missing. Right? Right? Because the fact is, look, I, I can look around and, and I miss people. And sometimes it might be three or four weeks, I'm like, you I ain't seen so-and-so. Three or four weeks, somebody could have really gone through some very ugly stuff. And I feel bad. It hurts. Yeah, I hurt when I see other people hurting. I don't know how to fix it but to recognize that every single one of us have a responsibility as the body of Christ to encourage one another. If you know somebody's hurting, reach out to them. If you know somebody's struggling, help them. If you know somebody needs a word, give them a word. And if you feel uncomfortable, call the pastor. My numbers in the. Somebody so said, "What's, what's your you number?" I said, "It's in the bulletin every Sunday." I'm not afraid of your phone calls. I want to be here. I I know that I can't be at every one of your homes all the time. I, and, and I think you are reasonable enough to know that. I can't stop by, have coffee every week with every one of you. But I do want to know you. I do care. But I want that same culture to, to come, come through, through all of us. But we're all with the same desire, the same passion. And we're reaching out to each other. Amen? Amen? Amen. We've got, come on, Livingston's. Come on, Giles family. We've got a couple of families who want to be a part of this community. Now look, guys, it's messy. But there's no perfect people allowed. I think we can all look around and say, we don't all have it all together all the time. But we're striving for the same purpose, for the building of the kingdom of God. Amen? And I believe you guys have been around long enough to know you you've you've seen the good, bad, and ugly, and you're still here, and you want to be here. Hannah, you grew up right here. About time. <laughs> yeah. What a lot of people don't realize is that when when people join the church, sometimes kids, especially in older days, kids were not written down as members. And uh, I think they should be, in my opinion. Right? Is, is that, that why me? you're up here? I don't know. <laughs> love this book. This That's my, my buddy mom. right here. <laughs> yeah. Gracie, why are you hiding behind, Mom? Well, guys, I'm excited because I know that you are already involved, you're already active. And I'm looking forward to greater activity, greater involvement. And so I have some questions that I have to ask um, that has commissioned me by the church of God. It says, dear Lord, I write these words so small these days. I've got to read the fine print. You realize in presenting yourself for members for membership that you guys are assuming a solemn obligation and it's expected that you will always be true to your promise and faithfully fulfill and discharge your obligation as loyal members. Do you publicly confess and testify that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and the full pardon of your sins? Are you willing to walk in the light of the scripture as it shines upon your path? Are you willing to abide by and subscribe to the discipline of the church of God as outlined by the scripture and set forth by the minutes of the International General Assembly? Are you willing to support the the church with your attendance and your temporal means uh, to the best of your ability as the Lord prospers you? Do you agree to be subject to the counsel and admonition of those who are over you in the Lord? This is—I don't want to ask this question. Zunia, is there any uh, who would object? Thank you for answering. No. It is my privilege and honor to accept you as members of the Church of God. We're so thankful for all of you. We look forward to doing life together and experiencing. The messiness, but also the joys and the fun times. Amen. Amen. Stay right there, stay right there. I'm going to pray over these, and as I do, we're going to dismiss, and if if some of you would like to come around and give them what we call the right hand of fellowship, we would love love for you to do that, to welcome these folks into our family and our body. Father, I just thank you, God, for these two wonderful families. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will continue to lead and guide them. Lord, I pray that, that as we grow, as we find uh, new avenues of ministry, as, as these uh, wonderful folks uh, learn more, that they will find ways to be connected, build community, grow together, do life together. We thank you, God, for them. We thank you for their passion for the kingdom of God. We thank you for their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Come around and shake hands.